Amen. I didn't know there was going to be a wedding today. It's all good, though. It was a good ceremony. Well, good morning. This isn't a good scripture to start out on, but nonetheless, we're going to have at it. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We're going to get it up on the screens. And it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me read it again. Romans 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the day to come where I can say and mean it that I am a good person. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the day to come where I can declare to the world that I am good now. I am a good person. I'm waiting on the day to come where I don't do something foolish. I'm waiting on the day to come where I don't say something foolish, where I don't have some sort of foolish outburst. I'm waiting on the day to come where I can overcome the sin that easily besets. I'm waiting on a day to come where I don't think something wicked. I'm waiting on a day to come where I don't look at something wicked. I'm waiting on a day to come where I can say, I am good now. I'm a good person. I'm waiting on a day to come where I can be free of all my fleshly weaknesses. You see, I've been attempting to serve the Lord for a very long time. I've been reading my Bible for years and years and years let alone just reading my Bible. I've studied my Bible for hours and hours and hours. I studied it for several hours just so I could come up here this morning. You see, I've sang in the choir. I've prayed at this altar many a times. I've been baptized when I was a little kid. I've prayed with people. I've preached the Word. My whole life pretty much revolves around the ministry. But yet deep down, 100%, if I'm honest with you this morning, I can't tell you that I'm a good person. I honestly can't call myself good. I can't. Because I know the secret thoughts that I have. I know the way that I act sometimes. I can't call myself good. I can't do it with being genuine and honest with you this morning. I am not good. You can take that to the bank. You can. The person speaking to you right now is not good. The person speaking to you right now fails the Lord. The person speaking to you right now sins and has faults and weaknesses. Maybe you shouldn't listen. Maybe you should get up and go to another church and listen to a person that's good because this man is not good. I can't make the declaration to you this morning that I am a good person. I'd like to. I would. I'd honestly like to. I'd love to come up on stage and tell everyone 
Do like I do and you will be good. You'll be a good person. If you act like I act, you'll be on your way to heaven because I'm good. Everyone be like me, but I can't do that this morning. The man before you right now fails God a lot. A lot. You know, the best way I can describe it is kind of like this. And I, and I hope you can understand this. It's like before me is set this bar. Not a bar where you go and drink. Not a food bar. I'm talking about a bar like some type of a high bar. Like a sports apparatus, right? Visualize that if you will. And this bar is set before each one of us. And this bar represents a standard. And the standard represents God's law. God's law is His principle, His commands, His precepts, His concepts. Everything that He tells us to do is represented in this bar. Okay? And if I can run, if we can run as individuals, this bar set before us, if I can take off running and use all the might that I have and jump and clear this bar, then I'm good. Because it would be mean that I am innocent. I didn't break any of his laws. I am good now as qualified by God's standard. I'm good because I made it up over the bar. I made it over the standard. I am now a good person. I am not guilty. I didn't break any laws. Everything that it says in here to do, I've done. If I can only make it over the bar, the standard that's set before me, then I will be good. Then I will be a good person. However, if I run at this bar, if you run at this bar and you jump and you give it all your might and your ability and you fail to make it over the bar, maybe you bump into the bar and knock it off the posts or maybe you just go clear below it, then you're the opposite of good because you are a transgressor of the law. You broke what he said not to do. You're a sinner then. You're guilty. That's what it means if you don't make it over the bar. Because it's either one or the other. You make it over or you don't. Okay? So there's this bar set in front of me. And brothers and sisters, we all have it right in front of us. You either make it over it or you don't. You're either good or you're bad. Good if I make it over, bad if I don't. If I can't make it up over this bar, I'm bad. I'm guilty. I am a transgressor. I broke the law. I broke his rules. Now, brothers and sisters, I have tried very frustratingly to hurl myself over this bar. I've given it my best effort to jump up over this bar. Why? Because I want to be good. I want to be a good person. I want to stand in front of a congregation and say, I'm good. I'm good now. I made it up over the bar. This is the standard. I made it over. I was obedient. I obeyed the law. That's what I want. I don't want God to look at me on the day of judgment and say, you're bad. You're bad. Depart from me. I want him to say, you're good. Enter in. Right? So I've tried. I've given it the best shot that I can. All the athletic ability that I have, I have tried to jump over this bar because I want to be good. 
My brothers and sisters, I can't do it. I can't make it up over the bar. So help me, I can't. I have tried, and I cannot do it. I can't. I want to be good, but I can't. The bar's too high. It's too difficult. God expects too much. All those laws that He's given, I can't do it. It's too difficult. So then, I'm forced to deal with a sobering fact. And the fact is, because I didn't make it up over the bar, I'm bad. I'm guilty. I'm a transgressor of the law. He set the standard. I wasn't able to meet it. So I got to deal with it. I'm bad. I'm guilty. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm to the point. I'll own that fact with you this morning. Let's be honest. I'll own it. Okay? Think about it for yourself. But as for me, I'll own the fact. I'm bad. Okay? I don't mean bad, bad as in a cool dude. I mean bad as in not good. I'll own it this morning, all right? You can go ahead and wear a mask if you like. We can fake each other out. Not me. I'll own it. I'm bad. I'm not good. Kind of ironic that you would get dressed up nice, bathe, shower, shave, come here to church to listen to a preacher that's a bad person. Ironic, isn't it? We've all seen the pole vaulter, right? You ever seen videos of the pole vaulter? They go taking off running. They jam that pole vault, long stick, into the box, and it slings them way up high up over top of that bar. If you've seen a video where the pole vaulter runs, and he goes and his stick snaps, and he just goes flying out of bounds or whatever, that's my attempt at making it up over the bar. I can't even get close to God's standard. Here's God's standard. I can only make it up to here or wherever else. I can't make it. I've tried. It's frustrating, but I've tried, but I failed. I'll own that fact, okay? I'm not good. I'm a transgressor. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. That's embarrassing. Shouldn't a preacher be a good person? But you know what else I know? You can't make it over that bar either, can you? Now you can say, yeah, I can. I'm pretty good. Tell me whatever in the world you want. But I know darn well you can't make it over the bar either. God's standard is set so high. We can't do it. We can't. You know how I know that? Because His Word tells me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think it's funny that the Bible actually says come short. Because I always think of that. On my best day, when I do all these good deeds and I behave and I don't say or think any foolish stuff, you know what the Bible says? That's good, Jason, but you just come short. You just come short of the standard. Brothers and sisters, you might not like to hear this. You're bad too. Sure, you're just like me. Guilty. You're just like me, a transgressor of the law. You're just like me, a sinner. Whether you like it or not, whether you're going to have the courage to admit it or not, you are just like me, bad. I can stand up here and tell you with all honesty, I'm not good, but neither can you. You can't come to me and say, Ah, Jason, I'm good. 
You can't do it. I know you can't. The Bible says in Psalms, chapter 51, verse 5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Brothers and sisters, from the word go, we're sinful. We are sinful individuals from the word go as soon as we're conceived. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things, meaning this is evil, this is evil, this is evil, this is evil, but the heart is way evil above all those other things. The heart's more evil and deceitful. And that's what's in me. That's what's in you. Deceitfulness and wickedness, desperately wicked, Jeremiah says. All have sinned and come short. No, if I failed the Lord so many times, it's almost laughable at my broke-down attempt at serving the Lord. They're so feeble and frail. Now, maybe someone in here is thinking, speak for yourself, Jason. I'm not that bad. Jeez, you can be bad all you want, but I'm going to heaven. You can go wherever you're wanting to go. You're, you can be bad, but I'm good. You know, indeed, there are some very good people in here this morning. There are. Some of the best people I know are in this building this morning. Some of the most good people that I know are in this room this morning. My wife's one of them. She gets on my nerves. She's so good. She really, I can't hardly relate to her. Sometimes I tease her and tell her I'm going to bring her down to my level. She don't ever throw any fits. Anything like I do. We're driving on the interstate. Someone's going 30 in front of me. I'm saying, man, get out of the way, dude. Move. She's always smiling away, all happy and stuff. Yell at somebody, Shannon. Come on. I just know when we get to heaven, we'll be walking up to the pearly gates holding hands, me and her. You know, as soon as they see Shannon from a mile away, hey, girl, we've been waiting on you. Here's your mansion over here in this gated community. On Heavenly Hills Boulevard, it's the one with the in-ground swimming pool. We'll go to take off running. Angels will gather around me and say, whoa, 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 where are you going, bud? We got some things to talk about first. You don't live there. You live over there in the heaven ghetto. <laughs> Sewage inspector. It's true. Be lucky to make it in. But there are some good people, to my standards. You see, there's different standards. There's man's standard, then there's God's standard. And between those two standards is a vast difference. See, to man's standards, I feel pretty good about myself. I do. I haven't killed anybody today. I haven't hated anyone. I drove here to church with no occurrences at all. Uh, I haven't had any foul language come out of my mouth today. I'm feeling pretty good about my chances of making it into heaven. I'm pretty good. Look at that drug dealer over there. He's bad. Me, look at me. I'm good. I work hard. Take care of my family. I'm good. Well, brothers and sisters, here's the catch to it all. When we go to heaven, men don't judge us, do they? We aren't judged by man's standards. There's not a panel of your friends sitting over there saying, yeah, let Jason in, he's a good dude. God's the one. So we got to see what God's standard is. So if you think you're good, you're bad, or whatever you admit that you are, 
We have to measure ourselves up to God's standard. And I went ahead and looked at some of the scriptures that show us his standard. James chapter 2 verse 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. Now let me get this straight. You're going to tell me James says I could keep every single tiny commandment found in the word. Yet if I break one tiny little rule, I'm a transgressor just like a drug dealer or something like that. That's, that's exactly right. You broke the law. You broke all of it. The Bible says one little point. If you break just one, you're guilty. God's not going to say you're almost guilty. You're either guilty or not guilty. I told you the bar was too high. It's too high. That's how high God's standard is. One vulgar thought and you're a transgressor. You broke the law. One little piece of gossip that you say about someone, you're a transgressor. You broke the law. You're just like me now. Bad. So you thought I was a bad one. We all are. Whether you got the courage to admit it or not. Now this is in the New Living Translation, but Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 says, But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. Brothers and sisters, we're cursed with sin. It's a curse on us. If you don't obey all of them, you're under the curse, just like me. Sinner, transgressor. Look, I'm doing my best this morning to tell you as nice as I can that you're bad. Okay? You're bad. You're not good. You're not good. You're just like me. You can't declare to someone else, I am a good person. I'm good. You can't do it. If you're honest, you can't. None of us can. I'm evil. I'm guilty. I broke the law. I'm bad. I'm sinful. Imagine if you just laid some pure white carpet in the biggest room in your house. Okay? My house, some of you have been there, has an open living room, dining room, and kitchen. So it's one real big room. Okay? So I'm thinking of that for myself. And I just put down brand new white plush perfect carpet. It's beautiful. It's soft. It's brand new. has the new carpet spout to it. And one of my kids comes in and spills a big glass of Welch's grape juice right on it, you know. Or maybe your wife comes in and spills her blood red bottle of nail polish right on this brand new carpet. And then imagine God comes and inspects it. Okay? He's going to say, yeah, yeah, what's that? You see, because we can't put a chair over top of our stains and blemishes and think God's not going to see it. No way, we're naked and open to God. He sees everything. You can't slide a couch over top of your stain and say, look how white it is, God. It looks good, doesn't it? 
The Bible says Jesus wants us to be a chaste virgin. The Bible says that Jesus wants his church to be without spot and wrinkle. How many of us can honestly say, can you look at me and say, and can I look at you and say, my carpet is pure white. There's not a single spot on it. It's perfect. My entire carpet is probably brown from all the stains that I got in my life. It is. God's going to say, what's that stain? It's, it's a blemish to me. There's a blemish on your record. You're guilty. You didn't meet the standard. Because the standard, God's standard is pure white only. Pure white. Every nook and cranny underneath each piece of furniture, there can't be anything. Nothing. Just pure white. That's His standard because He's so holy and perfect. He can't accept any evil. He can't accept evil to heaven. He wants a chaste virgin. Totally pure. What's your carpet look like today, brothers and sisters? If you just have one little blemish on it, you're just like me. Stained. Sinful. You fell short of the standard. You came short of the glory of God. Now maybe you can think, you know what, brother, sometimes I do mess up. All right, I'll admit it. I mess up every now and again, but I do a lot of good. I do a lot of good things in my life. I do a lot of good deeds. You know what? That's good. Good deeds are good. We should do good deeds. The Bible actually tells us to do good deeds, doesn't it? Good deeds are good. It's a good thing. Good deeds make us feel good. Good deeds make the world a little bit better place. Amen? I tried to do a good deed yesterday. It didn't really work out, but it still counts because I tried. We're commanded in the Word to do good deeds. But good deeds don't cancel out your bad deeds. That ain't how it works. Isaiah 64, 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Man, the righteous deeds that we do, we think, I'm going to heaven because, man, I just gave money to the poor. That's not how it works, brothers and sisters. Not with Christianity. Other religions, you can try to work your way into wherever. That's not how Christianity works. And this is in a New Living Translation again, but Galatians chapter 3, verse 11 says, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Even if you go on to read in Ephesians, it tells us about salvation does not come by works. Brothers and sisters, a good deed doesn't take away the stains. It doesn't. That's not how it works. You could have six billion good deeds But God's standard is so high that if you just have one tiny little blemish, in God's eyes, you're a transgressor. But Lord, I've done hundreds and hundreds of good deeds throughout my life. I only had one vulgar thought one time and you're guilty. It's like you broke the whole entire law to God. That's how high His standard is. 
That's why I know, and I can say with authority, that you can't make it over the bar either, can you? You can't. It's too high. God's standard is so pure, we can't make it. As compared to His law, we can't. So, here's what all this means. I'm bad. If I break just one tiny commandment, I broke the whole law. And my good deeds don't necessarily mean I'm going to heaven. So then this means that I have a problem. My problem is I'm bad, but I still want to go to heaven. Right? Who doesn't? I I do. I'm going to go to heaven. But the problem is heaven's where the good people go. Heaven's where the righteous go. Heaven's where all the angels are. Heaven's where God is. And all of His purity is where God's throne is. Bad people don't make it into heaven. Bad people, they get thrown into a lake of fire. Bad people get put into a bottomless pit. That's where bad people go. And I just spent this service telling you I'm bad and we're bad. I don't want to get put there. I don't want to get thrown into a lake of fire. Or a bottomless pit. No way. I don't want to get thrown into outer darkness. So I've got a problem because I'm bad. And bad people don't make it into heaven. They don't. Even good folks with just one tiny little thing wrong with them. One tiny little blemish. Even they won't make it into heaven. They won't. Look, I know I'm bad. But I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to spend my eternity there with no hope, no happiness, no joy, no God remotely anywhere to ever pray to, to give you a sliver of hope, ever. Eternal torment. I know I'm bad, but I don't want to go there. So then, how can a bad person like me make it into heaven? And if you're honest... How can a bad person like you make it into heaven? How does a bad person make it into heaven? Brothers and sisters, I'll tell you how bad people can make it into heaven. Because we have one slim chance. Someone like me has one slim chance to make it into heaven. Someone like you, whether you're admitted or not, has but one slim chance to make it into heaven. Just one. In new hope, it comes by way of a man named Jesus Christ and his shed blood that he shed on Calvary. That is every last one of our only chance to make it into heaven because we're bad. We fell short of the standard. That's the only way someone like me can make it into heaven. Someone bad. Someone who broke the law. Someone who is tried, convicted, and guilty is Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus is the only way is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we keep our cross in here that's stained in blood. To remind us. That's why we sing songs about the blood of Jesus. That's why we read scriptures about the blood of Jesus Christ. Because... The blood of Jesus Christ takes away a bad person's sins. 
The blood of Jesus Christ makes it so that someone like me can make it into heaven. The blood of Jesus Christ is what takes away our sin. Right? Not your good deeds. Not how well you dressed. Not how successful you are. It is only the blood of Jesus Christ. That's our only chance. The blood of Jesus cleanses an evil person's sins. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning? I am. Because I know what I deserve. I know what I deserve. And it's not good. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve good things. I don't deserve to dwell with angels and with God and with other good people. I don't deserve that. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. You want to know what the blood of Jesus means to me? To me on a personal note? Pure and simple. Not, don't need any huge definitions. The blood of Jesus Christ means to me one thing. Forgiveness. That I can be forgiven. That a bad person, someone who's bad, someone who is not good, someone who fell short of the standard, who tried real hard but fell short of the standard, can be forgiven. That's what the blood of Jesus means to me, that I can be forgiven. A bad person who's made so many mistakes, who's failed so many times, can be forgiven, can have their sins cleansed away and have the stains removed out of their white carpet. You know, a scripture that we've kind of worn out and it hasn't become so special is this, but I still think it's special. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look, you can play the game all that you want. You can wear any mask you want any, in the world. But as for me, I know that I am a sinner that needs Jesus. Okay? And I hope that you can admit that as well. We're sinners who need the blood of Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus... Came. If you read the Bible, Jesus came for people like me. He did. You read what Jesus says. He says, I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. You see, if you're righteous, well then you don't think you have a need for forgiveness. You don't think you have no need for Jesus. I don't need a Messiah. I'm good. Not me, brothers and sisters. He came for people like me. Me, bad people who don't deserve to go into heaven. That's the type of people he came for. I openly declare it to anybody, anybody, any day, no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, how much you've accomplished in the kingdom of God, we're sinners that need Jesus. Look, don't let it be you that thinks, I'm righteous, I'm good. I don't need him that bad. What are you talking about? I'm not a drug dealer. He came for people like me. I read a story a couple weeks ago, and I want to tell you because this is a pretty interesting story. It's about this preacher 
And he goes to England, travels to England to preach. And he's preaching his sermon in a church. And during the sermon, at the end, he gives an altar call. And a couple guys come down to the altar uh, amongst some other people. He noticed one of them is his buddy that he knows, an acquaintance, friend. And the friend down at the altar that's praying just happens to be a local judge. And, you know, he notices the judge is down praying. There's another man near the judge. You know, they're not praying together. They're just kind of in the vicinity of each other. After the service, the pastor approaches the judge. The pastor says, hey, how you doing? You know, they hug, greet each other. Hey, a long time no see, so on and so forth. The pastor says, hey, did, I saw you down at the altar. Did you happen to see that man that was praying near you? The judge says, yeah, I did. The pastor says, do you know who he is? The judge says, yeah, actually I do. Well, well, who is he? The judge said, he's, he's actually a convicted felon that I sentenced. It's about seven years ago. I sentenced him to prison, and he went to prison for burglary. And he got saved, and he's out now, and he's serving the Lord. The pastor says, oh, man, what a miracle. Isn't that a miracle? The judge said, for who? And he says, for the convicted felon. The criminal. Judge says, no, nah, not really. The pastor says, what do you mean? And this is his reply. The judge says, that burglar, and I want to read this to you so I don't mess it up. The judge replied, that burglar knew how much he needed Christ to save him from his sins. But look at me. I was taught from childhood to live as a gentleman, to keep my word, to say my prayers, to go to church. I went through Oxford, got my degrees, was called to the bar, and eventually became a judge. Pastor, nothing but the grace of God could have caused me to admit that I was a sinner on a level with that burglar. It took much more the grace to forgive me for all my pride and self-righteousness to get me to admit that I was not better in the eyes of God than that convict whom I had sent to prison. Brothers and sisters, that's exactly the whole point of the service this morning. We're all sinners. Drug dealers are sinners, but so am I. We're all guilty under the law of God and the blood of Jesus is the only thing that the drug dealer needs and that I need. It's the blood of Jesus in my life, a Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Don't be like the man in the parable. Two men go to pray and one man beats on his chest because he's so ashamed of himself, so ashamed of his sins. His sins are weighing him down so bad that he can't even lift his head up to God. But the righteous person beside him makes big prayers, makes a big show of it, because he's not like the scumbag beside him. Oh, God will respect one of those prayers, and it's not the righteous man's. It's the man that can admit, I'm bad. I'm not good. I don't care how successful you are this morning. And I believe we have some very successful folks in here. We have some highly educated folks in here. Whether you're highly educated with two or three master's degree or a Ph.D. Or you didn't even graduate high school. Both of you still need Jesus. Both of you are a convict. In God's eyes, convicted, broke the law, sinner. Doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank. You're guilty. And you need Jesus Christ. You need His blood in your life. 
Brothers and sisters, let's never, ever, ever become a church that thinks we aren't like other people. We're good. That's not true at all. Not true at all. I want to bring this to a close. We're all sinners on the same level. We are. Sinners who need Jesus. Listen, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from sins. All sins. Every last one of us needs that. I don't care if you haven't murdered anyone. We all need it. One foul, vulgar thought is still a sin to God. One idle word spoken against someone is still a sin to God. We need Jesus. We need His blood in our life. John chapter 14. And I'll close with this. We can turn the lights down and booth. You'll please get some music. We want to spend just a few moments at this altar before we go. Don't be afraid to tell Him you're a sinner and you need Him. Admit it to Him this morning. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus says, I am the way. Not one of several ways. The way. The only way is through Jesus Christ. Through his blood. Through what he did on the cross. That's the only way for any last one of us people. Because we aren't good. Father God, we thank you this morning, Lord. We love you. And Lord, I would admit openly to everyone I am not good. I can't make that declaration, Lord. And I pray others grasp it as well, Father God, that we aren't good. Lord Jesus, embed this into our hearts that no matter how far down into your kingdom, Lord, how, how big we can do things for you, Lord God, no matter what we do, no matter what we accomplish, we're still sinners who need the saving blood of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, that you please put this in us, Lord. Never let us outgrow our need for Jesus Christ. Thank you.